Christmas trees have healing properties? Do myths and legends tell a deeper history of elder evergreens that we never knew? From weird science and supernatural powers to strange Christmas tree traditions and more, there's a lot to unpack about the popular holiday staple. Right. So join us, Ben and Rob from Edge and Wonder for the deep dive you won't believe. <laughs> you Sorry. mean you leaf, Ben? Belief that you won't believe. Such good jokes we have here. So do you <laughs> want to hear what we found? We'll see you out. On the edge. Oh, no. On the hedge, Ben. I think okay. it was the hedge. We'll see you guys on the hedge. There you go. Not the hedgehog, though. No. No. Yeah. And if you're listening to our Edge of Water podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. Also, remember to like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you're watching us right all now. All right. Ben, before we yeah. get started, what's yeah. on your shirt? Because we can't see the entire Oh, yeah, you really can't. It's actually uh, the X-Wing. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool Christmas sweater. Yeah, it's a Star Wars Christmas sweater. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, true. Mine is a Christmas taco. Nice. Yeah, Christmas tacos. Can't go uh, wrong. It's with Tuesday. Wow. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving on a Tuesday, really. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, next week I or this Friday, I'll, I'll wear a funny one, too. Yeah, it's going to be our last show before Christmas, right? So mm -hmm. we're going to have to, you know. Yeah. We got to wear my crazy one that I wear every year before. Sounds know. good. I will, too. I'll wear my crazy one, too. So there's two, actually. Yeah, anyway, got to think about well, that. Well, Ben, uh, you've got a bunch of really interesting Christmas tree history in here that I don't even think that we've covered like some of the, the deep stuff we've covered, but this right. stuff is like in interesting on a surface level. Like what, what's going on here? Yeah. And uh, Lindsay also helped with this too. So this is kind of a collaboration of all of us. Um, so we're kind of getting into like the his like the Christmas tree history. And this is, I mean, obviously we know there's a bunch of occult stuff. We kind of figured we'll kind of save some of that for Sunday, but we'll definitely, or Friday, uh, Friday, Friday, I mean, we'll definitely get into some of that here as well, but more like the history of this, because, um, you know, it's like how in the world did trees get associated with Christmas to begin with anyway? And, uh, there's, there's a, there's an occult answer to that and like a normal answer to that. And then also a marketing answer to that. So we'll kind of get into all of the above, but I mean, honestly, no, like realistically kind of looking back through history, um, nobody is really sure where the fir trees were first used as um, Christmas trees. And it's I can tell you that Babylon, Ben. Yeah, I mean, then <laughs> right. a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And the pagan belief, which we'll, we'll get into all this. There's Norse, pagan, Egyptian, um, in Native American, Chinese, even uh, they all have a history and stories with the. Um, I'd be very curious to hear the Native and the Chinese histories there. So looking forward we're to gonna, that. Yeah, we're, we're, that we'll, we'll actually talk about that on the show. So, um, and with like, I mean, it's thought that generally somehow they were first used like a thousand years ago in Northern Europe. But the story on that is all kind of like all over the place. 
but um they thought that actually that christmas trees might have started out as, as paradise trees with branches or wooden frames decorated with with apples not so much candles or is it oh, sorry what is a paradise tree do we have a picture of this what is um that? it's similar to um to uh christmas tree Chris, like, I mean, what we would think of. Is it, it like a classic pine tree or something? Just not the Christmas tree type? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's like a, there's like a technical term for it, which I don't even want to begin to pronounce, but it's, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's like Simaruabagalak. Okay. So, <clears throat> and Eve even. was a paradise tree, a fir tree hung with apples that represented the Garden of Eden. The Germans set up a paradise tree in their homes on December 24th, the religious feast day of Adam and Eve. They hung wafers on it, symbolizing the Eucharistic host of the German pretzel makers. <laughs> <laughs> Rob threw that in if you didn't know, but it could be. But, you know, so this, this is, uh, you know, all these where all these kind of stem from, this is why it's kind of hard to trace a lot of this back because, you know, it's like, okay, they probably use this hung apples, but then again, in the Bible, it never actually mentions apples. Now, is that like a Mandela effect or does this never mention apples? You wait know, a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You're trying to tell me in the Bible when mm -hmm. we're talking about the story of Adam and Eve, an yeah. apple is never mentioned. It's never mentioned. It's what is it called? <laughs> fruit now? Uh, I think just it's forbidden fruit. That's it. Just talks about for, for, yeah, forbidden fruit. We actually, we actually do talk about this in our garden of Eden series. Cause we, we were like, you know, is this like a Mandela effect? Like, because, because this is the question, you know, throughout history, we kind of think of it as the apple, like, right. I mean, even like Disney and may, and then some people are like, well, maybe this is why, you know, we think of the apple because of like snow white and things like that. However, it, it is never referred to as the apple. And some people think of it as like a, the fig tree or something. It was more like something like figs. It was a different kind of fruit. Um, but I mean, you, you ask most people out there and everyone's understanding is that, you know, Eve ate from the apple tree. So, yeah, there's no way we, we would have gotten that notion if it wasn't explicitly said somewhere. Right. I know. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, the, these Mandela effects with, with like in, from the Bible aspect are really weird. I have to admit, you know, especially the I think the, the wolf and the lamb one really is. Oh, geez. Yeah. Don't even get us started. Off. <laughs> yeah. That's getting sidetracked. We'll, we'll keep. A, yeah. But anyway, um, but I mean, supposedly this is why they would put, I guess, I don't know. I would think this is why they were putting apples, you know, well, and for those of you guys me. watching uh, on video right now. Lindsay just took it down, but we have a whole Garden of Eden uh, series on Rise.TV that's uh, pretty killer. So you should check that out. Uh, and you can get access to the Garden of Eden series if you subscribe to Rise.TV. And we have a really cool deal going on right now. It's only $7 a month to join Rise.TV. Um, and it's only during the holidays we have this deal. That's over 20% off. You should totally check that out. That's like, what, 30% off. That's crazy. So definitely try to join Rise TV if you can. We have an awesome uh, community here. Yep, we sure do. So, yeah, I mean, that's okay. Now, kind of coming back to our story here, you know, they think that the Christmas tree started the, the, the tradition of it somewhere in Germany around the 1400s or 1500s, somewhere in there. 
um and you know they would they would then they put more decorations on the tree and this is like where get, things get really strange right i mean it's like kind of where did this all kind of stem from and what culture and and then of course the pagan aspect comes into it because that's is this from more of a pagan as you know a pagan thing because they they did were trees were very very important and that was like the whole tree of life you know so then um this is one of the aspects where everyone has kind of been wondering so yeah they would put like all kinds of you know stars bells angels and then all that was added now we just put lights and still how this represents like what is christmas and christianity is the big question <laughs> yeah you know how, how i'm like in, in reality like uh we're gonna get more into this actually on friday but i was really kind of surprised that um christmas really wasn't a thing until in the u.s at least until the uh it wasn't officially declared a holiday until i think 1870 or something christmas like yes how is that possible it, it people just didn't really celebrate it it was it really wasn't something that was celebrated that much in the u.s in, in america i think jesus is uh, it was more like Easter was really popular, you know, like Jesus's resurrection and, and all of that. But, it, you know, Christmas is really like a marketing thing that, that kind of it. And that's what we kind of expose in our Christmas episode in a lot of ways was how like the marketing companies kind of took over Christmas. And we're like, oh, let's we'll make it the end of the year because our, our sales are, are the lowest at that point. And it's coming into the new year and we want to get rid of all of our product from that year and bring in stuff from the new year. So that's really an essence. If you really want to know what Christmas is about, um, Christmas is really about the marketing aspect of it. Well, I look younger now. <laughs> that's right. Why did we ever make your hair silver? What, what, what did we do? I can't even remember. I guess we're going to have to watch the episode again, Ben. You're wearing the same shirt, Rob. You are. Hey, that's right. Look at that. That's yeah, my taco I, shirt. I should have wore my I should have wore the one that that you gave me in that episode. That would be pretty funny. So, yeah, anyway. Um we'll get into some of these stories, but okay, so let let's let, we'll, since we're kind of talking about the pagan aspect, you know, um traditionally, I mean, for the winter solstice was celebrated on the 21st, 22nd, depending on kind of what time of year it fell on back in the day. Um, and many ancient people believed that the sun was a God and that winter came up, um, every, and I'm sorry, that winter came every year because the sun God had become sick and weak. So that's partly why they celebrated the solstice and, that the sun god hoping that sun god would get well and then they brought in evergreens which reminded them all of the green plants that would grow again when the sun god was strong and and the summer would return so because the evergreen lasts forever that was part that was why you know for the pagans why they chose that now now um it's really like christians represent or christians look at the evergreen you know because it it lasts all year as like um representing like jesus you know how, how it never never goes away it's like jesus is always there and it's kind of it, it, today it's like they've it's like everlasting like jesus and that's kind of it doesn't lose its needles unless you chop it down and hang it up in your house and then it slowly loses its needles 
which kind of defeats the purpose in some aspects, but you know, right. Well, <laughs> but then again, it's like, yeah, we have to have a Christmas tree. Right. So, um, all right, Rob, want to like, so we have this, um, kind of how the Christmas tree began. If you want to read some of this. Yeah. Um, you're talking about right here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, most 19th century Americans found Christmas trees an oddity, if you can believe that. So the first records of Christmas trees being cut for display comes from the 1820s and Pennsylvania's German community, although trees may have been a tradition there even earlier. It is Pennsylvania. <laughs> Lots of trees True. there. Yeah. Um as early as 1747, uh, Moravian Germans in the Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania had a community tree in the form of a wooden pyramid decorated with candles. But as late as the 1840s, Christmas trees were seen as pagan symbols and not accepted by most Americans, and rightly so. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so so like uh, we're gonna get way more into in depth on uh, on this on friday but uh and at least for most well at least for new york there was a man named mark carr in the 1850s who began selling christmas trees and he was really labeled the first person ever that is known in history to sell christmas trees and it wasn't really a much of a tradition and he was like a pretty big car salesman kind of guy i mean that's like one kind of thing you would think about and so he was really pushing the idea for christmas trees and of course in germany it was already a thing and so a lot of people credit him as to why we started celebrating uh having christmas trees and so then he was the first one to actually have a christmas tree farm where he would plant these all year round and then sell them at the end of the year and then just kind of took off but for friday we have we have some cool stuff about how the the mafia got involved in the christmas tree selling <laughs> you know if it wasn't the nazis it would have to be the mafia so, yes you know so you guys so for friday stay tuned for how yeah. uh yeah it's it's insane stuff like you won't believe the things that we found on this so we're gonna get into that on friday so all right, why don't we show a trailer? We get back, we still have the we're going to talk about the Native American aspect of the tree and we still have the Chinese mythology. Oh yeah. And, really looking forward to that. And a few few good stories too. So, yes. All right. Scrooge has nothing on one Santa who uses his final act to help his tiny Tim. A man catches a glimpse of something greater than himself when he stares in the eyes of a stranger in Grand Central Station. A balloon letter to Santa returns with a miracle attached. A historical truce, the power of righteous thoughts and miraculous escapes from mortal peril leave everyone amazed. Sometimes we have the opportunity to do good things for others, to spread goodwill toward men and treat every day like it's Christmas. At times like these, I like to think that Santa really does exist. And after our research into inspiring real-life Santa stories and sightings, we think you're going to believe, too, when you hear what we found. Join Edge of Wonder for Santa Claus stories, good deeds, and Christmas spirit.
All right. <laughs> so I'm getting some feedback here. It's pronounced Mariah. Marivan, not however you said it, Rob. The Marivan Germans. Did I pronounce that wrong? Oh, the Germans. Lindsay, um, how do you pronounce that? Scary, I guess. Lindsay knows everything. We, I think we said Moravan. It's Marivan. Oh, I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, neither one of us have German background. Well, you, you yeah, can't. You guys just love us for our sweaters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am sorry to uh, offend any uh, Germans out there. Well, uh, I'm really, you know, yeah, Germans are the least of our worries, really. You know. <laughs> you, so tell me about these Native American. Fur- what? What? Yeah, if you want, you want to get into it. I've been yeah. talking a little bit. If you want to read some of this. Yeah, sure. So uh, Native American it. fir tree mythology. Okay, so like other evergreens, fir trees are associated with protection and spirituality in many Native American tribes. Fir branches are used for purifying and warding off ghosts in some uh, Salish and other Northwest Indian rituals. Plains Indian tribes commonly burn fir needles as incense. Oh, that makes sense because they yeah. grow up real fast and they smell good. It does. And Northern Algonquin tribes bundled spruce and fir needles into sachets or herbal pillows to protect against illness, which also makes sense because it's such a strong smell, right? And and the pine especially has like, I think it really feels like it has medicinal uh, properties. What is it, Lindsay? Did I pronounce that wrong? Sachet. Yeah, sachet. It they're called sachet. Yeah, not sachets. Yeah, yeah. like sachet tea bags. You know, like the. Tell one me another one, guys. Come on. <laughs> Fir cones, like pine cones, were used for weather magic in some northwestern tribes, particularly in Washington State. Um, that's interesting. And then fir bark and resin have also been used as medicine herbs by many Native Americans. Yeah. Okay, so it also it used to be customary in the Heisla tribe. I pronoun- I may have not pronounced that properly. Uh, for mourners to blacken their faces with silver fur pitch, which must be paint, right? I would imagine so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I silver. Fur, I guess maybe that's fr- is that from like the like maybe the taking the bark off and. Um, making it into like paste or something that could be but mm. um but yeah and you know uh, uh we're gonna get more into this later on when we talk more about the healing properties but thunder in our chat he mentioned you know if you have like a if you're having a hard time breathing if you walk into a forest of pine trees it actually can can help and then yeah i mean you, you think about it right if when you got a cold or something mm. you can put like pine oil or something like that on on your yeah, um, or like, like tea tree oil which tea is tree kind oil of similar, right? Yeah, it's it's all kind of similar, and and you can use that. So, um, yeah. So the Native Americans really were onto something, and this is another reason why I think people have pine trees. This is this is the one thing that I I mean, now that you have like fake plastic trees in our homes, it's like, you know, for the ones that are like they're just plastic, like all the fake the fake ones, right? But when you have like that's that's the one thing because growing up, did you did you did your family have real trees or yeah, did we had you a fake have, one growing up? Yeah, I, I we always did, and you know there's like plus and minuses having a real one. You know, you obviously the needles fall off and the well, little it bit smells more, way better a real it one smells. But man, better. have you ever seen? Have you ever like done a bonfire before and you put some pine needles in the bonfire and watch what happens, bro? 
I can't remember. They take off. Like they catch on fire like fuel. So it's like if you have <laughs> real funny. lights on a tree and you're not careful and the tree dries out too much and it catches fire because of the heat from the bulbs, which was a problem in the 80s, mind you, less so now, that thing will take off. It will start burning and your whole house is gone so fast. Yeah, well, that and that's what um, that's started happening, especially in the early 1900s, because people didn't have trees. It was like, like I said, it was more of a marketing campaign than anything else for for in, in America. And then everyone started putting up these trees and massive amount of homes started catching on fire and in schools like people, someone like backed into one when they were teaching school and it caught they caught their like clothes on fire and they burned actually mm. and so schools started um uh like banning christmas trees but it's mostly because back then people actually put candles and stuff on them now it's like such a terrible idea you have lights and everything else but there's still some danger um with these things with the roof especially with the real ones but yeah and actually pitch is sap i i didn't realize yeah. that it's like a resin. I think. Yeah, I was thinking it was the actual bark, but yeah, sorry guys, it actually is the red, like yeah, the sap, the resin from it. You're right. But okay, now we have trees in um, Chinese mythology. Um, so I guess I'll read a little bit of this. So the pine, the cypress, and the fir are linked by being similar ever evergreens. Old pine trees are much admired and venerated. Um, some examples of Chinese culture, some symbology can be found in the poetry of the six dynasties and Yao Yu Ming. I forget what, oh, the poet. Yeah. Um, Dao. Dao Yu Ming. Yeah. He wrote a lot of famous poems in the, uh, in China. Um, so according to, um, Ya Chaying, one of Dao's most frequent used metaphors is that of the pine tree. And it's true, actually. The Chinese use the pine tree a lot in their um, symbology and metaphors and everything. Mostly, yeah, this, what were you going to say? Like this, this symbol of ability to withstand the adversity of cold winds to withstand yeah. the adversity of frosts, nevertheless retaining its own essential character. Like mm -hmm. those things cannot change the tree. So a situation which can be compared with that of certain persons of metaphorically similar character. And of virtue, I assume, because like that's really, really interesting. Yeah. It is. Um, yes. And this is all taken from a book called The Religious System of China and its ancient forms, evolution and history and present aspect, manners, customs and social institutions connect therewith. That is one long title, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure when this book was uh, 1850s is well, the person who wrote it, um, Groot, actually, that is the person's name, G R O O T. He lived, it'd be funny if his uh initials were like, I am, I am Groot, <laughs> <laughs> like the letter M, that yeah. would be hilarious. <laughs> close, it was J M Groot, I know, J M, it is very close. 
Uh, he lived from 1854 to 1921. And uh, so he wrote this. And yeah, so like literally um, the Chinese culture is filled with symbolism with uh, references to pine trees and how long they last and also like buddhism um same thing with the um plum blossom because a plum blossom you know uh, uh what i want to say blooms in the in the winter and that is a major major um reference all throughout chinese culture and every religion even from buddhism taoism and um where's the other one i'm just forgetting but anyway uh yeah so because it because it because of that it, it's like it can withstand like you know super cold winters and still blossoms and so it's like you know able to withstand harsh conditions or um being able to with with endure hardship and yeah, still, still blooms and fronds yeah whereas like yeah with 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 the with the um fir tree it's just like being able to to just always be <laughs> who you are no matter what is going on no matter if it's like 100 degrees outside or negative 100 degrees outside so um and and this book goes on to say the three friends in winter is a moffat uh, frequently seen in chinese art motif. Is, motif motif i'm sorry man we are doing horribly today with the uh words so this is also published in the um in this book but the three uh, this friends... one's actually not from the book then oh it's not okay this is from the three friends of winter the motif consists of pines bamboos and plum trees or else plum trees and a stone the symbol the symbolism is that of longevity uh con constancy yeah, thank you. And follow and flowering during winter, which is what we were talking about with the, um, the yeah. plum blossom, yeah, the plum blossom, which is the plum trees, yeah, the cherry blossom too. Yeah, you're right. The cherry, well, the cherry blossom, it's around the same time, the spring, but yeah, early spring, yeah. And it says here they together they symbolize steadfastness, perseverance, and religion. Re 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 resiliency res, re, resiliency being, yeah. being resilient <laughs> yeah and um yeah and like i said confucianism that's that's the other thing i was thinking of so confucianism taoism and buddhism all three all all of these trees are very um there's so much symbolism in all of the religions to this so all right well we have um next is a story that um is about mice believe it or not and a tree <laughs> do you want to start us off Rob? Sure. okay so it was the middle of the night but the forest was brightly lit as if it were day a lightning strike had triggered a massive wildfire there had been other lightning strikes and other fires, but everyone from the smallest creatures to the biggest trees knew this one was different. Nothing was slowing it down. Not only did it continue to grow, but it grew at a faster and faster rate. All the animals began to flee. Birds flew away. Deer and many other animals ran, barely able to beat the heat. But the mice with their tiny legs fell farther and farther behind. The mice ran as fast as they could, but the fire was nipping at their tails. The heat grew unbearable. They frantically looked for shelter. They came to a tall, big 
leaf maple tree, one of the tallest in the forest. Can you help us? They asked the maple tree. I'm afraid not, it replied. I'm worried for my own safety. I can't stop rustling my giant leaves with this wind. My leaves are only fanning the flames more. Next, they came to a western red cedar. Can you provide us shelter? I'm afraid I'm afraid not, the cedar responded. My bark offers no protection from these flames. It's already starting to singe. Finally, they, they reached the Douglas fir, who urged them to climb, to climb it to safety. Hurry, the Douglas fir said. My bark resists fire. Climb me to get above the flames. But it had been very dry. It had been a very dry year, which provided the fire extra fuel. Many of its flames were as tall as the trees. Fear not, the Douglas fir told the mice. Climb inside my cones. They will protect you. The flames were only a fraction of a second behind, however. The mice dove headfirst into the nearest comb, making it only about halfway in before the fir tree had to snap the cones shut to provide them safety. To this day, when you look at a Douglas fir cone, you can still see the hind legs and tails of mice sticking out, <laughs> still seeking shelter from the fire. So supposedly this is where, <clears throat> this is why it has its shape. Don't know. Actually, it it kind of like it. yeah, little mouse legs yeah. and tail. Poor lizards that got flattened. One of the two. In, in <laughs> Florida, it would definitely be lizards. So <laughs> They're beautiful pine cones, though. Look at those. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. And and um, you know, some of these trees. The the uh, really ironic thing is that they actually require fire to germinate. So like the seeds won't won't grow unless there is fire and it's like that with the um what is the big trees in california i, I my mind just went sequoias yeah the, the, the redwoods yes same thing with the that's the ironic thing about the redwoods they actually need fire to grow so it's it's such a it's such a weird phenomenon strange actually. yeah yeah nature really, is strange sometimes it really is like ironical yeah and it it's almost like, you know, maybe, maybe like some trees are just so old that the only way that they're like, well, we just kind of need these to burn and bring in the new ones, you know? And so maybe that's partly why it happens. So, hmm. all right. And then we got, um, this is okay. So this next story is about, I guess I, I can, I'll start with this and you can finish it. We'll just switch. But the, the legend of the evergreen trees. So this is this is a more of an in, a story about a bird and why the evergreen became the evergreen that we know it today. I don't really know how much of this story has a lot of uh, base to it, but it is a fascinating story. So this starts out saying, since winter was fast approaching, all the birds began to fly towards the south for warmer air. A little bird broke its wing on the way and could not fly further along with the other birds. So it fell into the strange woods. When the winters came, it started snowing and soon the entire forest was covered with snow. The little bird found it very difficult to even fly up to a tree or, or food to eat since she feared for her life. The only way out was for her to ask for help from the trees. It was of no use as the trees were not kind at all. She approached the birch tree, which was vain and proud over its beauty. 
It refused help, saying that it had to protect the birds of the forest first. The oak tree refused help, saying that it was scared that the bird would overstay and eat up all its acorns in the spring. The otherwise gentle willow tree also refused to provide any help for the bird. The bird lost all hope and was distressed. With all of its efforts in vain, it tried to fly again, but the broken wings were of no help. Seeing this, the spruce tree asked her what was wrong. When the bird shared her problem with it, the tree gave the bird the thickest and warmest branch of all. Seeing the kindness of the of the spruce tree, the pine spruce. oh spruce tree, the pine tree also offered protection to the tree and the bird by protecting them from the north wind throughout the winter season. Seeing this, the little juniper tree also came up to the bird's aid and offered its berries to satisfy her hunger. Hence, winter passed by and the bird was safe and warm. In due time, her broken wings were also healed, and by spring, she was ready to fly back to her friends. I'm not sure what kind of friends those would be since they pretty much abandoned her. But the behavior of all of these trees was kept in check by the Frost King. So it commanded the North Wind not to touch even a single leaf of the generous spruce, sp hmm. pine, and juniper trees. However, the North Wind plucked the green uh, shining leaves off the oak, willow, and the other trees for refusing to help the bird. The winds left them bare for the winter so that they had nothing to protect themselves from the rain, snow, and sleet. Thus, it is for this reason that the leaves of the, of the pine, spruce, and juniper are always green, and these trees are referred to as the evergreen trees. <laughs> I see. <laughs> offer a little bird i don't know is it worth it <laughs> yeah well they are evergreens now so that's <laughs> uh, uh, that one's kind of cool actually but i mean maybe the you know it's i'm sure each culture would have their own story for something like this of why you know these trees are there same thing with the um like the plum blossom tree that we were talking about uh, I don't, I, I mean, I, I just know about that. I don't know much about like the history or the lore behind it. So that would be kind of great. So very cool. All right. Why don't we show another trailer and we'll get back. We have a couple more stories to share with you guys. So we'll be right back. The TV is biased and chaotic. The movies are cliche and boring. The Matrix is taking over. Where can I find some good entertainment for goodness sake? Well, look no further. Get our streaming platform, Rise.tv, for 25% off. Hundreds of videos, positivity, humor, and deep dives into mysteries and metaphysical topics. What more could I ask for? Want to hear the truth about Bigfoot? Near-death experiences? The evils of communism, ancient civilizations, and supernatural things? Rise.tv has you covered. I used to be sad, lonely, and depressed. Not anymore. 
You'll love interacting with awesome people on Rise.TV. There's so much to watch. Ben and Rob are great. Those guys always make me forget the world is falling apart. Subscribe to Rise.TV yourself or give your loved ones the gift of true, uncensored information. For the holidays, the yearly subscription is more than 25% off. That's just $7 a month. I want Rise.TV for Christmas.